Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBAC, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helped fine-tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparations. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual VBAC stories, be sure to check out episodes 1, 2, and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Megan and Julie. We are in episode 30, and let me tell you what. We have an exciting episode for you. We have our friend Erin from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sharing her VBAC story. Some fun things about her story is, or some unique, I should say, things about her story is that her contractions never even got closer than seven minutes apart. You know, most people at seven minutes apart are in pretty early, you know, early-ish active labor, not quite ready to deliver, but you're never going to believe what happened at the end of Erin's birth. I'm not even going to give it away. I want you guys to stick around and listen. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited. I, <laughs> We have been trying to schedule um, this podcast recording for a very long time and just scheduling between the three of us has just been a little bit tricky and <laughs> you are not gonna want to <laughs> this like this is an awesome story it's a fun Megan, story. do you want to say something about unplanned unassisted do we or do we want to say doula pounding on the door or do you want to say something um before i don't know i feel like we kind of how are hanging people on, and I feel like she should reveal it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so, yes. All right, Erin, we are just going to open it up to you, and so we don't keep everyone waiting, because they're, I'm sure, like, hanging on right now with suspense, yeah, wanting to know what you are going <laughs> to tell them. And we honestly can't wait to hear your full story either, because we've got some highlights, but we're dying to hear your full story. So, Feel I'm on free. the edge of my seat, like literally. Uh, yeah. On my seat, waiting. <laughs> Hold on tight. All right, Erin, share away. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, ladies. I appreciate your flexibility with the scheduling. So, of course. Um, I always like. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I always just, um, I always like to just share just a little quick uh, recap of my first pregnancy. So. I um, had a cesarean section with my daughter, who was my first, because she was in a uh, breech position. For, she was frank breech and was unable to get her to flip and uh, also didn't, uh, didn't uh, have any providers either who were, you know, either willing or able to, uh, to offer any sort of uh, vaginal breech delivery options. So 
to end up having my daughter um, after um, spontaneous labor. Even though it was a cesarean, I was only in labor a few hours, about maybe about four hours from the time of my first contraction ping that I, that I felt that woke me up to my arrival at the hospital, I dilated to eight centimeters. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty, um, it was a bittersweet experience because I, I really was looking forward to, to the labor and birth and really didn't want to have a C-section, but also I feel like having that experience of labor was also kind of a positive thing that uh, made me feel like my body wasn't entirely uh, broken and, and knew what to do. And even though she wasn't in the right position, I, I very much felt like the next time around I would be at a good starting point. So I took, I kind of took the silver lining uh, out of the situation and pretty much as soon as I had my cesarean, I already knew <laughs> that I wanted to learn as much as possible um, about uh, vaginal birth after cesarean and, um, you know, if I was a good candidate, I really wanted to pursue that route. So about, my daughter was about a year and a half old or so when we conceived my son. And I had been with a, a, an obstetric group at the time. And I, I really kind of had just started to, to, to do some more research. I, it was all spurred by seeing the documentary, The Business of Being Born, which I hadn't seen before um, my daughter was born, and um, that kind of just opened the floodgates of, 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 of uh, my research uh, into birth and labor. From there, I read a lot of books. I discovered ICANN. I, you know, got some good advice from some ladies in there. I got a hold of my, my surgical and my operative report from my cesarean and um, essentially just started doing my due diligence in terms of asking the questions that I needed, you know, uh, to be asking in order to, to find a, a really supportive provider. So in the end, I, um, I switched from uh, an obstetric group to a group of certified nurse midwives that worked in the same hospital where I had my daughter, um, but they had a very different practice style and, um, you know, great uh, VBAC success rates and, um, just all around, you know, good, 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 uh, good stats for folks like me who are seeking uh, vaginal birth after cesarean. So pretty much it was, you know, it was a complication-free pregnancy, just like my first. Um, I, you know, kind of continued doing everything, and I did a lot more. I did a lot more work in terms of just preparing my body, making sure baby was in a good position as kind of as much as I could, and started doing prenatal yoga twice a week, did a lot more meditation and kind of some of that emotional healing that came with the, the cesarean. And then, you know, getting closer towards the end of my pregnancy, you know, everything was, was looking good. And I, you know, throughout the whole, the, the whole process, I, I felt like I really had supportive care. I never, I never had any uh, pushback from the, from the midwives or never got a sense that, uh, that they were starting to maybe have their doubts at any point. Um, so it was a really, it was kind of an opportunity to really kind of reclaim some of, some of the control that I felt I had lost from my last experience. One of the really, I think, empowering things for me was uh, getting towards the end of pregnancy. You know, I, I just, I, I, I declined um, all the cervical exams and checks and not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I just, found myself in a really good mental and emotional space and uh, kind of knew, knew the evidence on, on, you know, on what, you know, what those checks um, would provide in terms of information and how that might benefit me or not benefit me. And it was really empowering to kind of, you know, be able to, to, to kind of make a, you know, really, really informed decision about uh, something as, as, as simple or silly as someone might think is, is a cervical check. But so I never knew, you know, throughout, the end of my pregnancy, if I was ever even dilated or how dilated I was before labor started. And um, one of the kind of, I, I think, neat kind of anecdotes that I remember from the very end of that pregnancy, too, was it was probably about my 40-week appointment. And I remember one of the nurse midwives offered to 
give me a script for, I think it was an MST or a biophysical profile that I would have used if I had gotten to 41 weeks and hadn't had the baby. I remember her asking me if I wanted it now so that I would just have it on hand. And I remember thinking, you know, you know, I could take it and have it and that would be convenient. But I also didn't want that hanging over me mentally. I felt like having that would in some way possibly kind of implant some doubt in me. And I didn't want to be fixated on a date. I didn't want to worry about that. And I knew that going to 41 weeks wasn't necessarily a reason for concern either. So, again, it was like one of those other kind of reclaiming of the process and saying thanks, but no thanks. You know, if we cross, we'll cross that bridge when we get there if we need to. And I will ask you for it when I need to. And they were totally fine with that. So that was really, you know, I think that spoke a lot about about their, their practice style and, and how supportive they were. So let's see. So my due date was actually on Thanksgiving Day. So we had a lot of family in town, and there was a lot of anticipation. And uh, my brother is actually, his birthday, uh, the year that he was born, was actually Thanksgiving Day as well. So there was kind of this little part of me that was like, oh, it would be really funny if, you know, my son was born on uh, on Thanksgiving, and then my brother also had the year that he was born a Thanksgiving birthday. But, uh, of course, uh, I knew the chances were slim since most babies don't come on their due date, and he was no exception. So Thanksgiving came and uh, due date came and went, and um, I was I was feeling good. I mean, I was feeling ready to have him. <laughs> my body definitely felt very lived in, and I was kind of ready for him to evacuate. <laughs> so, But mentally and emotionally, I still felt, you know, very strong, and, I, you know, I wasn't worried about, uh, about, about going uh, post-date post there. So on, let's see, it would have been about three days after my due date. I woke up at about 3.30 in the morning. I woke up feeling um, like a contraction ping. It's funny because in my first, my first child, I woke up like right around the same time, it was about three in the morning, and I had felt that ping, and it just made me think, oh, this could maybe be something. So I got up, and I uh, started to just time, and they were kind of all over the place, you know, 20 minutes, 15, 8, 10, it was, you know, there was no consistent pattern. So I did, I timed them for about an hour. And then at that point, I texted my doula since I, I could tell it, you know, it was probably early, but it probably, it, it could, it could be something, but it could also fizzle out. So we talked, she suggested I got a glass of water and laid down and, and she was right. So my, my contractions did eventually just kind of fizzle out. So um, I went back to bed for a few hours. So that was at about 6 a.m. And then I got up again at about 8.30 in the morning and just kind of woke up to, to start the day. And contractions started back up pretty shortly after I woke up that morning, so between about 8.30 or 9. But they were very mild, um, like very mild period cramps is how I would describe them. And uh, they were coming about every 30 minutes or so. Yeah, I wasn't really sure at that point if it was going to be more of, you know, just the night before or if they would actually turn into something. So knowing how it, how, how it goes, I, I just kind of decided to go about my day and we were just going to do our thing and, um, and see where it went. So at about nine or so in the morning, I um, spoke on the phone with my doula. We just kind of chatted and did a quick recap of the night before and just agreed to, you know, to stay in touch. And um, we got up and got ready for the day. Um, we decided that we wanted to go out and get some brunch since it was a Sunday and we're, we, we love going out for brunch. That's our favorite meal of the week. So we left the house at about 1 o'clock, and we got to our favorite brunch spot after 1.30. There were still, yeah, about every 30 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more frequently by that point. And by the time we started to eat, um, which was about 2 o'clock, they were starting to become a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, I remember sitting at brunch just kind of, kind of like one would come and I just kind of wiggle in my seat, <laughs> kind of shimmy a little bit, but I wouldn't say that they were painful at that point. They were just, they were just maybe a little bit more. I just wasn't able to ignore them as much. And I spoke again with my doula then shortly after and told her at that point I had timed a few and, uh, 
and uh, or a time one maybe, and they were about 15 minutes apart at that time. They were lasting a minute, so they were getting longer than they were earlier that morning when I initially woke up. So we realized there was a there was a steady pattern, and so I was probably in early labor. So we decided on just finishing up brunch. And she suggested that I take a walk to see if they continued on in that pattern or if they fizzled out or what. So we left brunch at about 2.45, and uh, we kind of took our time to um, to get to the car. We just did, like, a quick walk around the block. And it was, it was fall. It was the end of November, so it was, like, a really beautiful – it was, like, kind of a very cool day, but it was um, very sunny, and it was just really pretty. So um, we decided that we were going to go up to a nearby reservoir and park to to take a walk. So we got there probably about 3.15, and uh, we just started walking around the reservoir and um, feeding the ducks and, you know, just, uh, just, just trying to kill some time. And they were starting to get more painful, and I remember as we got there starting to have to, like, kind of um, – kind of stop more and kind of lean over uh, or kind of hunch over. Um, I'd kind of put my hands on my knees and just kind of lean forward. So, yeah, they, they, they were starting to, to become a little bit more painful. So at that point, I kind of told my husband, like, I, I, I kind of wanted him to, to go ahead with my daughter because they were starting to get a little bit more intense. I didn't want her to, to worry, per se. So, um, so I just kind of hung back and let them uh, lead the way. From the, from the reservoir, there was a little uh, park nearby, um, a, a play area. So we went over that way, and um, while my husband was playing with my daughter at the park, I just kind of went off on my own, just kind of just kind of roaming around a little bit. And the contractions were starting to get definitely a lot more intense, and uh, I remember kind of one would come, and I was just kind of like leaning. I'd lean over um, a play structure or where the swings were there, you know, the – I'd lean into the supports that were planted into the ground. And uh, I, I definitely knew at that point, like, uh, like the, I don't think this is like, you know, I don't think this is like prodromal labor or anything. Like, I think this is, you know, this is the real thing. At that point, gosh, they were probably, they were probably between 11 and 12 minutes apart at that time. If I remember back, I, I had a, um, an app, so I was timing them as they were coming and going at that point, and I think they were, they, they were somewhere in between there. So um, I was texting my doula, telling her um, where, you know, um, where they were at, and uh, it was kind of at that point where I felt that I, I just I didn't want to be at the park anymore. Uh, I can't really explain it. It was just this, like, I can't be here. I don't, I, I don't want to be out with people around. So I told my husband around like 345, uh, I said, Hey, like, I'm, I'm going to go wait in the car. I, I think we need to go home. I just, I can't, I can't be out here anymore. So uh, I went to the car and uh, while I was waiting in the car, I remember, you know, I was still texting my doula. And at one point I remember I had to get out of the car and uh, open the door and, and just kind of, um, had to squat kind of holding on to the frame of the, the car at the, at the foot of the door because uh, I, I just had to kind of kind of moan through it and, and kind of hold on to something and, 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 and move around. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely getting more, more intense at that point. And I'd say by the time my husband got my daughter, like got her back to the car, got her loaded in and everything, we probably left the park around around like 4 or 15 or so, we headed home. And at that time, contractions, I was timing them. There were, there were gosh, probably they were about 9 to 10 minutes apart at that point. So we got home around 4.30, and my husband had to run upstairs really quickly to use the bathroom before he came back down because since they were about 9 to 10 minutes apart, we were, we were talking on the way back, and I – the plan was to leave my daughter with a cousin of mine um, who was going to watch her when we were going to go to the hospital to have the baby. But my daughter hadn't napped that day. And I, you know, didn't want to necessarily leave her with my cousin, with her, you know, uh, being, you know, sleep deprived and, and, you know, maybe a a little bit more, a a little bit more fussy than usual. So I, uh, so I talked, so my husband and I agreed, like he would take my daughter out 
for like a little drive to see if he could get her to fall asleep in the car while I got home. And I was just going to finish packing up the last few things that were on our list for the hospital that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have packed away already because I was still using them. So, so we agreed on that. So once he, um, he left, which is probably about like 445, I, I headed straight upstairs and, um, I just started like getting changed and, I remember putting on like a little bit of makeup <laughs> because that's, you know, so important whenever you're about to give birth. Totally you important. Know? Hey. I was still drying my hair for my second <laughs> or for my first VBAC, insisting I was still going to make it to my sister-in-law's wedding. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think there's a part of your brain when you're in labor that's just like, you're not really thinking rational. Like, oh yeah. I think even when you're in, like you're clearly in uh, active labor, there's like this denial that you're even in labor. <laughs> but anyway, it's so um, true. Yeah. So, um, so I was like getting the last few things ready and um, I was still texting with my doula. Gosh, it, I, I, I started having like really intense contractions so I called my doula at a 4.56, and I told her I was having really strong contractions, and they were about seven to eight minutes apart. I remember feeling at that, at that point when, when we were talking, she, she asked me how I was feeling emotionally, and I remember in that moment having just the slightest, just having that slightest feeling of doubt, and I, looking back after everything, I, I'm fairly certain that's when I was in transition because I felt so mentally strong the entire pregnancy and the entire labor that that to me was like just telling in the sense that I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't maybe as strong as I felt I had been. And so um, I just was feeling a little bit pushy and I, I knew at that point that I mean, even the fact that I called her, I called her because I was feeling like I couldn't text anymore. Like, I just knew, like, I, I can't text message. Like, I need to talk, you know, on the phone. So that was another sign to me, I think, in retrospect, that, that I was probably in transition at that point. And so she essentially suggested that, like, we get our daughter, like, get her going to wherever she needed to go and that we, like, start, like, preparing to, you know, to head to the hospital. So as soon as I hung up with her, you know, I, I kind of knew that's what we were going to do. And, but before I was able to make, um, before I was able to make that phone call to my cousin, I, I, I remember I had like, I kind of turned off some of the lights and put on these like Christmas lights that we had up um, as more of like ambiental lighting. And I just was going to take a minute to kind of just do a last little like, like meditation, like kind of just little pep talk to myself and like kind of gather my thoughts. I, uh, as soon as I turned on some music and turned off the lights, I had this like crazy strong contraction. It was like incredibly intense. And I remember um, I was in my living room at the time and I was leaning, I was leaning on a birth ball and, and kind of also leaning over the couch going between the two. This monster contraction came and all of a sudden I felt like this little trickle and then all of a sudden I felt just a huge gush and it was, you know, it was my water, it was my mucus plug, it was everything all at once. So it was really intense, you know, it was like, you know, definitely one of the most intense feelings I've ever had. And so my water broke at 5:27 p.m. and I can say that with <laughs> with confidence because as soon as it broke I had my phone like very close to me on the couch and I was able to reach for it and I called my I called my doula and um luckily she literally lived like just a few blocks from my house I told her the water broke and like the baby was coming and she you know, she could sense the panic, obviously, in my voice. So she said she would be there, like, immediately. So after I hung up with her, I called uh, my husband twice, and there was no answer. So I called my cousin, and uh, she was, she was like, shopping at Sam's Club or something in the, you know, the middle of a Sunday afternoon. And, and I, you know, I'm sure that was the last call she was expecting. And um, 
I told her basically like my water broke and like he's coming like and she said she you know she just abandoned ship in the store and raced down the highway so um yeah I I, I feel bad I still owe her <laughs> for that but you know the, I mean the, the feeling was incredibly intense and when I had had that that contraction that broke my water it it literally was so powerful that it it, it caused me to like guide myself down to the floor so I got I had just put myself into a sideline position so I was laying on my right hand side with my elbow kind of propping me up and my 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 left leg open and I you know I I I didn't think you know like logically about that that just happened to be the position that felt that felt the best to me in terms of just taking the edge off of the intensity and obviously at that point everything is intense and there's you know there, there's nothing that you can do to find like complete relief but it just I you know it just seemed to 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 take a little bit of the edge off and um you know I wasn't trying to to hold him back and I wasn't trying to push him out I was just trying to to buy some time so so I was just kind of hanging out there and you know I when my water broke I mean I definitely had a moment of panic mostly because it was just such an intense feeling to feel everything inside of you literally shift down. But once I, you know, had talked to my doula and, and once I had talked to to my cousin and I, I knew obviously they must have been trying to get a hold of my husband as well. I remember having a moment where I just told myself like, Aaron, you got to just get it together. Like you got to, you got to get it together and just like, okay, like everyone you've called everyone, like people will be here. You know, like you gotta you gotta keep it together for your baby, you know, like you gotta be clear minded like he needs you, and I remember just thinking like okay like he's he's probably gonna come and um and I knew that because i I literally reached i reached my hand down and I could feel his head like i could i could oh feel my him. Gosh. so he was he was crowning, so I knew like okay like like they're not no one's gonna make it in time, but you know it just it's <laughs> like you know, there, there was no getting out of it. So, and, and it's funny because I do remember, even though I was planning, my, my plan all along through pregnancy had been to, to go drug free. And, you know, I wanted a physiologic birth and wanted as minimal intervention as necessary. I remember thinking at that moment, like, I get, I get why, I get why women might, might want an epidural, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Like, you know, so it was like one of those, those experiences. It's like, all right, like you have a little more compassion for people, a little more understanding. So, you know, it, it, and it's, it's weird again, because like I, even when it was happening and even afterward, like I would never say that even the feeling was painful. It was just really intense. And I, I've heard a lot of, a lot of yes. women describe that as intensity, but it's just the word I I can never like it always comes off my tongue because I just I can't I can't think of any other word that better describes it's just a lot of pressure and and that but it wasn't necessarily painful but um anyway so I could feel his head there and so I kind of you know you know was trying to like think back to my like my breathing from my yoga and just try to calm down and take some like cleansing breaths all of a sudden my body just started to like push and I know a lot of people liken it to, um, to, to, to vomiting in terms of like, like the physicality of like, like, like this involuntary feeling. And, and I hate to compare it to that as well, but that is what it felt like. There was no, um, there was no stopping it. Even if you tried, it just, it was my body just pushing and it was, it, it would push for just a few seconds and let go. You know, it was a very, very short pushes and they were spacing out. So it was, it was interesting because I was like getting these moments of like rest. And then it was just like, my body was like, all right, let's go again. And I think, you know, my, my body pushed maybe, maybe two or three times total. So two more times after that first one, she just like flew out. Like, I remember thinking like, like, oh my, oh my goodness. I like, I, I can't believe that just happened. Like, I don't even remember feeling pain. Like he just like, he just slipped out like a, like a little fish. And um, I was laying on a carpet. So he just like landed very softly and he came out crying immediately. And I just remember yelling, like, 
I got you, I got you. And if I back up a little bit, the part of the story that I forgot to, to mention was that when I called my doula, I told her that, you know, that she could ring any of my neighbor's doorbells to get into the building. And she did do that. But then when she got up to my actual door, she went to go open and, and I didn't realize it, but it was still locked. I hadn't unlocked the door. And so as my body was starting to take that very first push, I could, she started banging on the door and, and I remember her saying, Aaron, Aaron, like, you got to let me in. Like the door's locked. And I remember yelling at her, like, like there is no way I, I can't get up. Like, it's just, I can't. And then I remember just like, it was really crazy. I mean, you know, it was like um, my brain just kind of like tuned out and I just like stopped registering the words that she was speaking, even though I, I could hear noise, but like, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't um, registering you know, what she was saying, and she was just there, I mean, within, like, it, it was within maybe 10, 20 seconds, he he was born, you know, as soon as, you know, he came out, and I saw him, and I yelled, I got you, I got you, and I picked him up, then I could hear, I kind of, like, came back to it, and then I remember my doula saying, you know, Aaron, whenever you can, like, please get up and, you know, open the door, you know, you know, very calmly, and um, so, like, I remember, I remember, you know, picking him up and holding him so close. And I remember I was just, I was just soaking wet. I was so wet from all the amniotic fluid. And um, I remember, I literally remember like standing up with him in my arms and wiping my feet as much as I could because we had hardwood floors. And I remember thinking like, I didn't want to drop him <laughs> because it was so slippery, you know? And um, so I, I got up and um, went to the door and opened the door and just like, just very quickly like opened it and turned right back around to go lay down with him I mean my doula came in and was like oh my goodness like uh, like yeah you know, I mean you know she was she was shocked but she also was you know I mean she was incredibly proud of me and like she kept telling me you know I was a rock star and like you know like you know she, you know I, I mean very encouraging you know um very encouraging words and she you know um got a lot of pillows off the couch and like laid them down for me on the carpet so I could lay down and um obviously you know she's not medically trained at all to do you know any sort of assessments or that but you know being around birth at least she knew kind of what to look for so like she checked down you know just checked under the 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 blanket I was covered with just to make sure like she didn't notice any sort of like you know excessive bleeding or hemorrhage or anything and I, I really, I, you know, wasn't, wasn't bleeding um, other than just from whatever came from, like, the bloody show. I mean, the paramedics were already on the way. My, she had my neighbors call them whenever she got there and couldn't open the door. And um, so they were on the way. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, she was, you know, incredibly supportive. And I was so glad that I hired her <laughs> at that moment. I was like, wow. And uh, I remember when I was interviewing doulas, I almost hired – I almost hired a doula that I really clicked well with and really liked. And she had a lot of like VBAC client experience. She lived like an hour away from me. And there was something about that that just made me nervous. And even with my first labor, even though I had a C-section, like it, uh, it, it progressed quickly. And there was something in that that just made me feel like, I don't know, I think I need someone closer. Like I just, I need, like, what if there's a, you know, what if there's a storm? What if there's something? And, um, so go figure, like, you know, I hired the doula that lived like five blocks from me and, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. So, um, so she was great. So she was just, you know, helping, you know, cover me up. You know, she helped me obviously get, we got baby on the breast and um, we were, you know, just keeping him close, skin to skin. And she was really great at trying to kind of mentally prepare me for what, you know, for what might happen. So, so she kind of told me like, okay, so you know, the paramedics are on the way. We don't necessarily know, you know, how people are going to react. So I just, you know, let's just, you know, like be prepared. Like people might be a little bit worried, but I, we we're very lucky though. Like the first responders that arrived were incredibly calm and like professional. And they, I mean, obviously, I mean, they walked, they weren't, you know, they weren't walking into like a disaster. I mean, it was unexpected, but, um, everything was under control in terms of, you know, I was fine, baby was fine. And, you know, it was very quiet inside. The lights were off. It was, there was like relaxing, you know, ambient lighting. And, you know, so um, I obviously I'm sure that, you know, that played a big part in it. But 
afterward. They, they, they did tell me that they, in the last year, they attended of like five births or something. So they had a little bit of experience also with these sorts of situations. So they were really compassionate and understanding and, and um, they were just, they were just really lovely and it made such a difference. And I know I've heard of other women having like unplanned home births or things like, you know, happening that were unexpected, unattended births. And um, unfortunately, a lot of times women don't get treated very nicely or um, there's some sort of strange, I don't know, some sort of strange backlash at them or blame for, for things that happen like this. And they, they definitely, you know, were not like that. So um, it, it was really great. They, um, yeah, they just, they checked over baby and me. I mean, we were great. I mean, he was so alert and incredibly pink and just, he, you know, he looked great. So um, the first responders got there, and then I think my cousin got there a few minutes after them, and then I think my husband was the last to arrive with my daughter. And as soon as he got home, that was, like, right when she fell asleep. So he actually had to take her out of the car seat, and she was still checked. She was still sleeping on him when he got to the house or got to, got to our apartment, and um, he walked in the front door and um, – my, my doula is also a birth photographer, and I had hired her for both of her services. So she snapped some pictures, and there's one of her, my daughter sleeping on my husband's shoulder when they first walked in. And I love that, that picture. It's like you can't really see my husband's full face, but you can just see, like, the expression his, on, from his profile, like his smile lines from his eyes. And I feel like it says so much about about you know, about that moment without like explicitly showing it, you know. So then within a few minutes, my daughter like kind of woke up and was a little fuzzy and hazy and like looking around. And luckily everyone was calm. So she did, she wasn't, she didn't seem scared or distressed. And uh, we asked her like, yeah, do you want to meet your brother? And I remember hearing her little voice saying, yeah, like I could see her looking at him. Yeah, it was, it was really surreal. Like it was incredibly surreal. So they got me loaded on the uh, on the gurney. So my son was born at my doula had clocked like 5:35 is the time he was born, and I was loaded onto the ambulance about 6:15, and we headed to the hospital. Yeah, as soon as I got there, luckily um, I was greeted by a team there, you know, at the ER, and everyone was very calm and yeah, no, very kind and you know, very understanding and. Yeah, they, they looked us both over, and we were good. I still hadn't delivered my placenta yet, but while I was in the ambulance on the way there, I could feel the after pain, and I really wanted to birth it, <laughs> but laying flat on my back was, it, you know, it just it wasn't conducive to that, so I remember feeling like, oh, i got to get this thing out, because, like, it just, I didn't feel completely relieved, you know, in, until then. So once we got to the hospital and they did a quick look over, they transferred us over to a, um, I guess it would have been a labor and delivery room. While they were transferring me from the gurney to, to the hospital bed, I kind of, like, leaned over to, to get a little bit of leverage and just pop that <laughs> placenta right out. And that was, like, the biggest feeling of relief. Like, I felt like, okay, oh, like, I'm, I'm finally done. So, so that was, like, kind of a, a neat, you know, little piece to it since I don't think people really always think about birthing the placenta. They just think about the baby. And then, um, yeah, I, I, you know, kind of got a look over by the uh, attending OB there. I did have a, a minor first-degree tear. It was bleeding a little bit, so they put in a few sutures. But honestly, it wasn't, I didn't think it was that bad for me. Uh, it thought, like, the little local anesthetic was worse than the actual suturing. So, And I, I would have said the same thing about my spinal when I had my cesarean. I thought the local was, like, worse than the actual, the actual insertion of the needle. But... Um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, the, the sideline position was, you know, partly due to the, you know, to the keeping my perineum intact or if it was, you know, the spontaneous pushing instead of pushing, you know, when I wasn't necessarily feeling an urge or my body wasn't ready. But it's probably, I guess, was a combination of, you know, a lot of different factors, including those. So yeah, it was just, it was a whirlwind. It was, you know, I planned, I had initially planned a hospital-based birth with midwives and wanted very little intervention. 
but I did not plan like to have an unassisted birth or, or an unattended birth. But it's, it's funny because like there was part of me and in, in all the preparing that I did just in re- all the resources I read. And I mean, I just, I watched so many birth videos too, like on YouTube, I would, you know, watch births and just from my own searching, it seems like most of the births that, that I watched were either birth center births or home births because it just seemed as though most people who are filming birth tend to, you know, be giving birth in one of those two settings more so maybe than hospitals. So even though I like hadn't been planning a home birth, I think there was like this little part of me that was like, someday I might like to have a home birth or like maybe I wish, you know, if circumstances were different that maybe, you know, like that could have been an option for me. It, 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 it's weird, but I, I, I really do feel like, you know, and it's just my own personal belief. Like I, I almost feel like the universe was like, you're meant to have, like you're meant to have this experience and like, you're not necessarily like, you may not necessarily be in the place where you're going to make that decision, but like, this is just supposed to be in the cards for you. That's like almost like how I felt like it was like the universe deciding that like this needed to be put in my path. Like it needed to happen this way. It was really surreal because, you know, even though it was, again, like I said, I wasn't planning to give birth at home. Like after the initial panic of like my water breaking and like that intense shift inside, I wasn't, I wasn't panicked in the sense of like, Oh my God, I'm at home. Like, all these million gazillion things could happen. And like, you know, my, my, you know, uterus could rupture and all that, you know, it was like, I had done so much research that I, I mean, I knew what the risks were, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was okay with that. Like I had already determined that like those risks were acceptable to me. And so I wasn't hung up mentally on those things. And I think that a lot of times too, in a VBAC, I think people can, you know, can get stuck or held back at certain points if, you know, if they have that mental block or they're anxious about something or, you know, they can't get past certain fears that can kind of interfere physiologically. So I feel like, you know, just having watched all those home births and birth center births that, you know, it wasn't like a foreign concept to me that like people might have their babies at home or it wasn't weird to me that people would want to have their babies at home, you know, or in a birth center. So yeah, it it just, it worked out and you know, I would never plan a, you know, an unintended birth even, even after my VBAC, but luckily things worked out well and we were all healthy and safe. And, um, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of got, uh, I got the outcome, you know, I was looking for. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then, um, that, that whole experience, I think just the process of preparing for the VBAC, I mean, that really like, that set me on this path of like, I just kept learning more and more and like, had to know more and more and everything I read and, and, and watched, it just kept leading me to more and more resources and information. And then by the time that I had my son and I was like freshly postpartum, like I just knew I was like, I have to do something with this passion. Like I, like this, it was just like the tip of the iceberg, you know, it's like, I got this like taste of, of birth. And I was like, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I hadn't done something in so long that I felt so passionate about. And um, so then over like the last, I guess year and a half, two years, I started trying to figure out like how I could maybe, you know, get involved more and, and, and do something in birth work. So I, back in January of this year, I um, took a uh, Lamaze teacher childbirth education um, seminar locally here. And then I sat for the exam at the end of April of this year. And I found out in June that I passed my test. And so um, as of June of this year, I became a Lamas certified childbirth educator. And so I'm now, I, I just, um, just uh, picked up a new gig and I'm starting to um, look uh, to take on my first client. So I'm super excited that, that I can work this into my life and, you know, do something that I'm really passionate about and hopefully you know, work with families. And uh, of course, I have a very special spot in my heart for, you know, for moms interested in, in learning more about uh, vaginal birth after cesarean and um, hopefully can, you know, you know, connect them to, to, 
information so that they can weigh all their options and make the best decision for them and uh and yeah and have good happy you know fulfilling empowering healthy you know birth outcomes and experiences so uh, so it's definitely right. been a journey yeah i would say I can't imagine being the doula on the other side of the door. Oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> Hearing yeah. everything happening on the inside and not being able to get in. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure she probably went home and had a drink after that. But um, <laughs> I, I do know that she had her own pretty, like, precipitous uh, birth experiences herself. So. So she was probably very calm in that situation. She was. <laughs> again, like, you know, it wasn't a completely foreign I, concept to her that this could potentially happen to someone. So I think that gave her some perspective. And, uh, yeah, she, she had the touch that I needed at that moment. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much for sharing when um, you're just talking about, you know, how they really weren't getting that close, you know, they were strong. It did it yeah. remind me of when Julie was sharing her story because she, with one of her babies, like, she also, I, I can't remember exactly the time, but it was, like, longer, like, six to eight minutes or something like that. Is that right, mm-hmm. Julie? Yeah, so it was my second VBAC. My first VBAC mm-hmm. was, like, totally textbook labor. But my second uh-huh. VBAC, like, she caught me off guard in so many ways and like mm-hmm. my water broke at 37 weeks before wow. labor started and then labor started a few hours after that and and then you know I was just trying to go about life like you do mm-hmm. and yeah. then I'm finally like okay I need to just like lay down and hope labor just like starts I, I feel like I sometimes you can like do too much and labor's like oh mm-hmm. wait a minute like are we ready I'm not sure if we're ready and so I'm right. like, okay, I'm going to lay down and let my body know that we're ready. And if not, then I can at least take a nap. And so I'll yeah. go arrested. And so I laid down and my contractions were like 10 minutes apart. And I was laying down and I remember it was a Saturday and my husband was working like right outside of our bedroom door. He has a desk and, and it's like attached to the wall. It's like a weird setup. But anyways, mm-hmm. so I was on my bed laying down. I was like all alone for the first time that day. And, like, I sent my doula home. I'm like, you know, I just don't think things are going to happen right now. So I go mm-hmm. out to my um, bed, and I lay down. And then all of a sudden, like, as soon as I lay down and I just, like, rested and closed my eyes, like, I felt like a really strong contraction. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that contraction was stronger. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, like, ten minutes later, another strong one comes on. And I'm like, okay, things are maybe picking up. <laughs> and then the next one doesn't come for 20 minutes wow 20 minutes and I was like oh heck I am not in labor like I'm just gonna try and go to sleep so I went to sleep and then they were coming like nine to ten minutes apart and then like I I started getting on my hands and knees because like being on my back was too too much to handle so I get on my hands and knees I started vocalizing and like my husband like pops his head in the door (laughs) and he's like are you okay I'm like I'm just in labor go back to work. And I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm just trying to, to get my contractions close together so I can actually call my birth team. And then, you know, it goes on like that for another hour. So he pops his head back in. Do you need some, do you need some extra support? No, my contractions are still so far apart. I just, there's no way I'm even in active labor right now. And so, so then like a couple more times of that, like I just could not stand my back. I could not stay quiet like I had to make noise you know those like Mm -hmm. labor noises and then I was like gosh I'm like if I was my doula if I was my own doula what would I say to myself and then I would say (laughs) say to myself self don't go based on how far apart they are go based on how they're feeling and Mm -hmm. I was like arguing with myself but I'm like yeah but they're like nine minutes apart and then I'm like but really they're intense you can feel them and, like, then by that time, my doula texted me to check in. I'm like, well, you might as well just come because, and they called the midwife. Called the midwife came. I was like, she could just check me and tell me I'm, like, three centimeters. And then everyone can go home and come back in the morning. And, like, <laughs> I was so sure. And the midwife gets there and my doula gets there. And they check the heart tones. And my baby was super low. And my midwife's like, you might want to call your videographer because if it's going to take her more than 45 minutes to get here, she probably won't make it. 
And I'm like, but my contractions wow. are like eight minutes apart. Like, I just wow. didn't believe it. Yeah. And, and sure enough, she was born about less than an hour later. And I pushed for like 14 minutes. It was like, wow. it was nothing. But even then, until the last 15 minutes, my contractions were still six minutes, six to seven minutes apart. Crazy. Yeah. It was, it was insane. I'm like, nobody tells you. If yeah. I would have waited to like till my contractions were five minutes apart, I would have had an unassisted. You would have birth. had an unassisted home birth. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, Absolutely. lesson learned. If you yeah. cannot talk through them, call your birth team or go to the hospital. Period. That's it. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then all of us people will be very jealous of the fact that your contractions were six to seven minutes apart and oh, right. you were in active labor. <laughs> Got oh, a nice, nice little break. Yeah. Oh, well, Erin, seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We are oh, so absolutely. excited that we could get together and hear your awesome story. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the space to share. And I hope that, uh, that my story, you know, connected with, you know, someone or, you know, some folks out there who are, you know, on their journey. So I'm sure um, it will. Yeah. Yes. yes, me too. Hey, guys, did you know we have a new website? Well, we do. It is thevbacklink.com. We are always looking for new stories. To share your story and possibly be on our podcast, post your story on social media and hashtag whyweveback and tag us at the VBAC link. Or you can complete the new form on our brand new website at the vbacklink.com slash share. Don't forget about our online VBAC prep courses. To learn more, head over onto our website. Be sure to rate us and share and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah, be sure to check out our website, utahvbacklink.com com for more information on our VBAC childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.